Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-course, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Berkshires to the Sound, from wherever you live in MLB America, this is Inside the Parker. You give us 22 minutes and we'll give you the scoop on Major League Baseball. Now, here's Baseball Hall of Fame voter number 76, Rob Parker. Welcome into another edition of Inside the Parker. I'm your host, Rob Parker. We're on the road in Philadelphia. And what a show we have for you today. Mark Gray, who's an editor at MLBBro.com, stops by. He'll talk about a special day in baseball that always gets overlooked. That and much more. Let's go. Better up. To lead off, it's getting robbed. And keep him up. Rob's hot take on the three biggest stories in Major League Baseball. Number one. Met starter Max Scherzer returned to the mound after that oblique injury that kept him sidelined. And man, he came back in midseason form looking stellar against the Cincinnati Reds with 11 strikeouts in six innings, gave up only two hits. The Mets lost the game. Scherzer had a no decision as the Mets lost in the bottom of the ninth, one to nothing, but I mean, they have to be thrilled with Scherzer returning. He'll be 38 years old in less than a month. And uh, he was sidelined with that strained oblique muscle on his left side. And uh, his pitching 
outing on Tuesday was his first big league game since May 18th. And he looked like an ace pitcher, looked like the guy the Mets need. And this is amazing when you think about it. The Mets have the second best record in the National League. And they've been doing it without Scherzer and also without Jacob deGrom, who's also scheduled to come back. So the Mets, despite the loss in Cincinnati on Tuesday, have to feel great about Scherzer's return to the mound. Number two. You thought you saw everything in Major League Baseball? Guess again. Tuesday night, we saw something that had never happened in the history of Major League Baseball. And that's hard to say since baseball's been around for a gazillion years. But yep, Byron Buxton, the talented center fielder for the Minnesota Twins, turned in the first ever 8-5 triple play in Major League Baseball history against the White Sox in Chicago. It was a spectacle. Of course, the White Sox helped out with some terrible base running. Nonetheless, we saw history made with a 8-5 triple play for the first time ever. Take a listen. High fly right center. Buxton chasing it. Making the catch at the wall. They've got a possible triple play. There's two. Now a throw to first will be a triple play. Byron Buxton catching it at the wall, and there will be three outs at the end of all this. Number three. It should come as no surprise that Yankees chairman Hal Steinbrenner said that uh, there will be no contract negotiations between the Yankees and all-star right fielder Aaron Judge, who's having a monster year. Uh, This is not how the Yankees do their business. Any contract talks between the two sides will have to wait until November. That's just how it is. They knew that going in. That's why the Yankees offered him a contract extension before the season started. Judge decided to turn down the deal, which was for $213 million guaranteed, uh, along with his current salary. That would have made it a pot of $230 million. So instead, Judge, who leads the major leagues in home runs and is having a spectacular season for the Yankees, who are playing great baseball, will have to wait. And uh, it'll be after the season. And let's get it. Uh, let's be let's be sure on this. The Yankees, if they want Aaron Judge, will not be outbid by any team, any other team. I'm not buying the idea that the Yankees don't have a better shot at getting judged than anybody else. And uh, there will be offers for him. There's no doubt about it. He's a great guy, a great player, a great guy to lead your organization. But I still believe that the end of the day, Judge loves being in pinstripes, loves playing in the Bronx, loves New York. And if the Yankees put up an offer bigger than anybody else or at least equal to everybody else, that he will take it. So stay tuned. Here comes the big interview. Listen and learn. Oh, it's so good. Now let's welcome into the podcast. This is a, a little special edition here. Uh, Jeff Idelson and uh, Gene Fruit have a new book collab that they put together called Grassroots Baseball. I guess it's a, a hardcover coffee table book, I would call, with great pictures. I got one at my house, and I couldn't put it down. Jeff and Gene Welcome to Inside the Park. I appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Good to be with you, Rob. 
Yes. Please tell me, how did this come to uh, come together and uh, who have the idea to put this uh, grassroots baseball book together, picture book? When um, I was traveling, shooting the amateur game along with the professional game, I came out with my first book called Grassroots Baseball, Where Legends Begin in 2019. And I connected with Jeff, who connected me with all the Hall of Famers that are in that first book, telling their stories about their younger years, uh, their early years playing baseball in all the hotbeds around the world, Cuba, Puerto Rico, Japan, and then in the United States, places like Oakland, California, which is the Bay Area where I live, and um, Texas and Florida. And after the that book came out, I wanted to grow grassroots baseball into something bigger, into a not-for-profit and give back. And that's where we both are in our lives, is in a place where we want to give back. And Jeff was retiring from the Baseball Hall of Fame as its president after 25, 26 years of service there. And I asked him if he'd like to join me in this new venture and start this not-for-profit. And lucky for me, he said yes. And so we started Grassroots Baseball, a not-for-profit, and we decided to start along Route 66 because it doesn't get more Americana than baseball and Route 66. Now, you just made me feel old. I know Jeff from the Yankees. The, the, <laughs> when we were just starting out in baseball, and you're telling me he spent 25 years at the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm getting goosebumps. Was it that long, Jeff? I've known you, my God. It's a long time, Rob. I mean, you were in Detroit for a lot of those years in New York, and now look at you. You're all over the place. Unbelievable. This project, tell me, Jeff, what, what drew you to this and why do you want to get involved? I already know your love for baseball, but tell me about this project. Well, picking picking up on what Jean said, Rob, it was, I was at a point in my life like she was where we wanted to give back to the sport that we love so much. And so, you know, for me, the opportunity to have worked for the Red Sox, Yankees and the Hall of Fame was incredible. It's an experience I'll never, ever uh be unhappy that I had, but the opportunity to go back to the grassroots, to the amateur game, to the kids, to adults playing it for the love of it was appealing to me. And the ability to help grow the game in, in underprivileged areas and, and make it accessible for kids and the ability to promote kids and, and amateur baseball in general was great. And Gene's work speaks for itself and the Hall of Famers love being connected to it. And it just made all the sense in the world. And Gene, obviously, this is a podcast, not video, and I can't do it justice of the amazing pictures for real as a baseball guy. Jeff knows how much I love baseball. Uh, it's it's when I was a kid, I can remember people saying to me, I was going to marry a baseball. That's how how much I love. <laughs> the game. You're going to marry a baseball. I wore a baseball cap every day. I practiced pitching without a glove and a ball. So I the, to see those pictures. And, and I'm sure for you, too, you know, capturing these pictures, amazing pictures and scenes uh, just had to be something special uh, for you as well. And uh, just tell us about the experience of, of, of you know, of, of capturing all this. It really is. I mean, baseball is played everywhere, the same everywhere around the world, right? Has the same rules, but it looks different in different places. And that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in showing the culture of baseball, all those things you're talking about. The game itself in action is exhilarating, but it's so much more. It's the parents and the umpires and going to Ted Drew's ice cream shop after the game, you know, with your team, your dad taking you to, you know, your first baseball game, getting your first autograph by one of your heroes, all of those stories, all of the amateur stories and how much 
the people that have love for the game, everything from t-ball to old guys playing stickball on the streets of you know New York City. That's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in those stories and telling those stories and showing the cultural difference of baseball, what it looks like in downtown Chicago versus what it looks like in Baxter Springs, Kansas. New Mexico looks very different than the shores of Santa Monica. So showing the players, showing the culture, and showing that baseball is alive and well and promoting the game because we need the game to thrive in those young levels. So we're bringing up players and and making the major leagues thrive with all those different cultures. And Jeff, what's the response been from the book? Because it's an impressive, uh, it's just an impressive uh, thing. You know, when you get it, when I got mine, I just, what, what's been the response? Response has been phenomenal, Rob. We've done a number of uh, book signings along Route 66, and it seems that every place we end up doing a signing, that the books fly off the off the shelves, which is very gratifying. And uh, we've done uh, we've done events with the Oklahoma City Dodgers, Amarillo Sod Poodles, Albuquerque Isotopes. We saw you in L.A. with the Dodgers. We're headed to Bush Stadium later this week to do a, a signing with Ted Simmons and the Cardinals. Uh, but the the outpouring from fans from the baseball community, the photography community, is that it's just a great, great book, and it's a privilege to be a part of. How, how can people pick it up? Let them know. Where can they get it? Everywhere? Amazon? Yeah, you can get it everywhere in Amazon and in bookstores, but uh, um, you could also get a signed copy uh, on grassrootsbaseball.org. There you go. Gene Fruth, Jeff Idelson, I appreciate you guys. What a tremendous job on this book. And if you're a baseball fan listening to this podcast, you better go check it out. Go online, check it out. When you see the pictures, some of them, you will want to have this. I can see people buying this as Christmas gifts for baseball fans as well as the year goes on. And uh, go take a look at it. You know, I'm not one to push, push product, but I'm telling you, I was overly thrilled to get my copy so thanks guys for having for for joining us here on inside the parker and good luck Uh, thank you so much what a pleasure thanks rob fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And what that ball is. It was a big week in the big leagues. Who's up? Who's up? I don't believe it. My, oh my. Is it foul or is it fair? And now, from MLBBro.com, here's J.R. Gamble. The Astros are running away with the AOS and the return of 39-year-old ace Justin Verlander is a huge reason why. With a record of 10 and 3 and a 2.03 ERA and a stingy 0.83 whip entering Wednesday, Verlander is the front runner for the Cy Young and should make the All Star team. JR, is it foul or fair to suggest that he needs to slow down a bit so as not to hurt the Astros' chances of winning a World Series? Fair. It's a fair ball. And Dusty Baker's team has been making that accommodation, trying to protect Verlander and keep him healthy throughout the season, which is really most important. We know he's a workhorse, but the Strohs don't need peak Verlander in early July. Things couldn't be any more gravy for Verlander in his return from Tommy John surgery. After throwing six innings combined in 2020 and 21, Verlander is already at 97 and a third innings pitched this season, which is why the Astros have pushed his next starting assignment back a few days. Verlander, who last pitched June 29th against the Mets in New York, will make his next start in Thursday's series finale against the Royals. 
That'll be seven days of rest. Now, the Astros ace says he feels good, but he also understands that he has to remain healthy for the Strohs to complete another deep playoff run into October. His workload this year has been more than anticipated, but for good reason. He's thrown at least six innings in all but three starts and at least seven innings eight times. The man's dealing. He ranks eighth in innings pitched in the American League. What a workload. The 39-year-old prefers to pitch every fifth day, but he's managed to do it only four times this year because the team was being cautious with him early in the season. The Astros also used the six-man rotation for much of May during a 34-day stretch with just one day off. Verlander would like to return to pitching on regular rest at some point, but I say keep him at six, seven days. The Astros are 13 and a half games up in the division and can afford to take their time with the guy who's the most important piece to a World Series victory. It's time for the Pocket Protector Central. The analytic numbers you need to know. Well, maybe. Anthony Masterson is his name. BS Analytics is his game. What do you got for me, Anthony? I think it's time we talk about Julio Rodriguez, but not in a bad way. The number three overall prospect in the game coming into this season, Rodriguez earned the starting center field job in Seattle to begin the year, but unsurprisingly, at just age 21, struggled out of the gate hitting 206 with zero home runs in April. But since then, he showcased why he was a five-tool prospect. In 61 games since May 1st, Julio is hitting 297 with 15 home runs, a 912 OPS, and 11 stolen bases. July 4th was his 81st career game, or half a full season. Would you believe that Rodriguez is the only player in the entire history of Major League Baseball to have 15 home runs and 20 stolen bases in his first 81 games? It's true. And at just 21, he's only the fourth player in AL history to post a full season of 15 homers and 20 steals before turning 22, joining Mike Trout, who did it twice, Alex Rodriguez, and Sammy Sosa, and only the 11th player in Major League history. And he's still got half a season to go. A 30-30 season for a rookie is not too far-fetched, though the list of players who have pulled off that feat is small. In fact, it's just one guy, the aforementioned Trout. And his AL leading 20 steals are no small feat in and of themselves. This century, only two players have led league in steals in their rookie year. Trout, obviously, and another Pacific Northwest hero, Ichiro, in 2001. 21 years after Ichiro mania, the Mariners might have another superstar on their hands. Turn money into more money. Now it's time for Betting on the Bases with Dave Gascon. Love that money. Love that money. Hey, Rob, we kick things off on Friday night in Cincinnati. Reds and Rays will go at it from Great American Ballpark. Shane McClanahan's throwing for Tampa Bay in this one. 9-3 and three this year, but the ERA, 7 at 174. I got to imagine he's in the odds-on favorite to win the Cy Young on the American League side of things. So naturally, I'm taking Tampa Bay in that contest. Meanwhile, on the National League side of things, Dodgers and Cubbies, Keegan Thompson's pitched well for the Chicago Cubs this year. 7-3 record. ERA is at 341. On the opposing side, he should make the All-Star game, especially since it is in L.A., but Tyler Anderson's been stellar so far for L.A. 9-1 record. ERA just over 3 at 309. Cubbies and Dodgers in this affair. I'm going to take the under from Los Angeles in the Friday night contest. San Francisco and San Diego, a battle of National League teams out west from San Diego at Petco Park. Blake Snell so far is 0-5 with an ERA at 513. 
16. I'm going to take San Francisco. There'll be a slight dog in this game, but I'll take the Giants to take this one against the Padres at Petco Park. So one, two, and three, two teams to the National League side, and obviously Tampa Bay in the interleague matchup versus the Cincinnati Reds. That's all I got for now. Rob, I'm out. When Rob was a newspaper columnist, he lived by this motto. If I'm writing, I'm ripping. Let's bring in a writer or broadcaster, old or new. All right, now let's welcome into the podcast one of my favorite people, a baseball guy like me. He is an editor at MLBbro.com. Mark Gray, a veteran of ESPN and many other places where uh, he covered Major League Baseball and other sports. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. Pleased, honored, privileged to join and be in the Parker House. Man, we appreciate having you. I, I want to jump right here. You know, we do baseball does a great job in celebrating a lot of things and baseball steeped in history and tradition. But there's one day that comes and goes a lot and people don't remember it and don't celebrate it that much. And it involves Larry Doby. You did a great piece on MLBbro.com. And if you haven't seen it, go check out Mark Gray's piece on the website. But Mark, talk about Larry Doby and the significance of him in Major League Baseball history. Well, you know, like we opened up that uh, piece, you know, often the second person is the lesser revered, but it doesn't minimize what Larry Doby went through. And then to play at the all-star level, I mean, and to be integrating the American League, which was reluctant to give black players their opportunities. I mean, you even look down through the course of history, even in modern times, like our formative years, the National League was the uh, League of the Brothers. I mean, you always you you always had the brothers from from the Cardinals back in the '60s. You know, the Mets when they won it in '69. Uh, on through the great Cincinnati Red, big red machine. Uh, heck, the Oakland A's had a bunch of brothers too. So, but the National League was the home for all the black players, and for uh, Larry Doby to have to navigate this opportunity to. Um, make a statement that black players could play not only in the majors, but in the American league specifically, and to do it at a high level and to be the only one in Cleveland. It's, it's an amazing story. And it's a part of the legacy of a uh, black American influence on baseball. That is un- not told. And uh, that's what we do at MLBbro.com, Rob. You know, we tell the stories that should have been told a long time ago in a way that would make uh, LeVar Burton proud. We like the reading rainbow of black uh, baseball history. and love to be down with that. No doubt. And people should know that Larry Doby was also the second black manager in Major League Baseball history, which is uh, Frank Robinson was the first black manager. Larry Doby was second. So Larry Doby was second to Jackie Robinson and second to Frank Robinson. Yeah, he was behind two Robinsons historically. Isn't that crazy? I mean, how how could fate play that? And he did it like within 11 weeks of Jackie Robinson. So he was that second dude that came along. He wasn't in a sexy spot like Brooklyn, where you had all the media attention that you would get from both sides. He was in Cleveland, one newspaper town. A lot of people weren't really paying attention to the tribe at that time as much as they were the Browns. You know, the Browns were the really big deal then in that community. But uh, Larry Doby did things 
that people really need to appreciate. And and you mentioned something earlier about how baseball has one big celebration day for the Black American influence, and it's Jackie Robinson Day. However, um, Larry Doby's day is just as significant, if you ask me, because you look at the body of work. Uh, second by weeks to integrate the game, and then, like, about 30 years later, it's time for him to follow in Frank Robinson's uh, uh, footsteps as a manager. And you got to give big props to Bill Vec. I mean, the guy that we know, if you know anything about baseball on the south side of Chicago, who gave us disco demolition night and the shower in center field at Comiskey Park is the dude that opened up doors in Cleveland and Chicago to make. Uh, to give Larry Doby uh, his chance to make history. He's an amazing man, a tremendous story. And um, again, those are the kind of things that need to come to the surface so that everybody can appreciate them. Uh, And I think that's what we do so well. Our guest is Mark Gray. He's one of the senior editors at MLBbro.com. He does a, a lot of great features about the, the past and the current as well. And let's turn there. We've seen uh, players coming up on teams now, and I think baseball has done a job in planting some seeds and uh, developing some young black talent that we're starting to see get to the major leagues. The Pirates and the Orioles, just to name a couple teams. Tell us about what's what's going on. Well, you look at the Orioles, and I mean, our first MLB broguette from the ballpark was Cedric Mullins. And who knew the physical ailments that he was playing through last year in a breakout season where he became uh, either the first or second player in the history of the Orioles to go 30-30. He was the first. Yeah, 30 home runs, uh, 30 30 uh, stolen bases. You know, when you put that into perspective, that's stuff that uh, Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey were doing on the regular at the the, uh, start of their careers. And, you know, the Orioles, you know, heck, uh, when Cincinnati said Frank Robinson, your career is over. All he did was come over in 66 and what he do? He won the triple crown. They 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 swept the Dodgers. So uh, you look at that. And then there's the Pirates, you know, and, and it was ironic. I was at the ballpark the other day at the Nationals game when they were playing uh, the Pirates down on the field. I see, you know, an MLB bro fan with his Stargell shirt on. It was like, uh, you know, have coming to grips with the truth of your past. But but the Pirates have traditionally been a place that has been very liberal. And it really speaks to the American League versus National League sort of a unwritten demographic, if you will. I don't know if it played like that or, or if there's something to it. I'm not, you know, casting any aspersions off, but the facts are what they were. Uh, National League gave black. American players an opportunity and players of color when the American League was trying to, um, you know, uh, stem the tide. And had it not been for the St. Louis Cardinals in the 60s, quite frankly, when you had Lou Brock, Kurt Flood, uh, Bill White, and Bob Gibson that were beating the Yankees for, I think, everybody to to get the um, uh, vibe around the league with what's going on. But I'm glad to see Pittsburgh is back. That's a great baseball town. 
And, you know, we, we get lost in Cabron Hayes and you now see O'Neal Cruz and you look at the players coming up. The question is in Baltimore, quite frankly, Rob, if I had an opportunity to get an arm for Cedric Mullins and I could move him to a contending team, I would take that if I were Baltimore. And then that would give me the flexibility to draft Drew Jones coming up in the draft, who's supposedly the top prospect. So if I was playing virtual GM, I would be looking out for a move like that. But I will say this, Rob, if the Orioles at 80 can finish 82 and 82 with a murderer's row in their division. Okay, let's be clear about that. Yankees are looking at 100, maybe 120 wins. Boston could potentially have 100 wins. Uh, Toronto and, and Tampa are looking at 85 to 95 wins. Orioles get to 82 and 82. I'd be scared of them in with, within the next two years. Last thing, uh, Byron Buxton did something that had never been done, an 8-5 triple play. Talked about it earlier in the podcast. But uh, as much as we like to give him credit, there was some terrible base running. Can you speak to that? Oh, my goodness, man. And, and this is the thing that I hate about analytics, Rob, because you can't put a price on fundamentally sound making the plays that you're supposed to and just playing the game, quote, the right way. I'm seeing guys miss cutoff men. I'm seeing guys, uh, you know, forget about the relay stuff. It's all about spin rates and launch angles. These were bad baseball plays, and they forgot who the best player in the center field is right now. Buxton made the play. His name is Mark Gray. You need to check his stuff out. He's an editor. One of the best longtime friend of mine here on Inside the Park. Mark Gray, we appreciate you. Thank you, my brother. Hey, thank you, bro. Always a pleasure. Catch debatable on MLBbro.com. We're going to rock the mic again this week. Now bring in the closer. Track one. Track two. Strike three. Here's why MLB is better than the NFL or NBA. And it isn't even close. Reason number 555 why Major League Baseball is better than the NBA and the NFL is reasons like Wednesday night and the scene at Fenway Park when Brian Bayo made his Major League debut for the Boston Red Sox against the Tampa Bay Rays. Bayo uh, is the number three prospect in the Red Sox uh, farm system. And of course, the a uh, top-ranked pitcher, according to MLB Pipeline. And uh, this kid is, uh, you know, one of those guys you expect to be a great pitcher. He's 23 years old from the Dominican Republic. He has a tremendous repertoire, including a fastball that's been clocked as high as 99 miles an hour, along with a changeup and a slider. But it's moments like this that you don't often get where there's anticipation about a player in baseball. You know, it's not like the NFL and the NBA where you normally just come right from college and you start playing. You know, kids got to go to the minor leagues. They got to put in some time. Are they going to make it? When are they going to make their debut in the major leagues? And uh, the Red Sox fans have been waiting for this kid. And uh, Wednesday night, he was at Fenway Park. And you could imagine it was electric.
in the words of New York TV legend, the late Bill Jorgensen, thanking you for your time this time until next time. Rob Parker, out. He can't get it. This could be an inside to Parker. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.